Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Flamingo offers a full range of quality, affordable hair removal products like their award-winning razor and easy-to-use wax kits. Take the quiz at shopflamingo.com slash AMR to discover your custom hair removal routine. Subscribe and use code AMR at checkout to save an extra 10% off your first order. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hello. How are you? It's I been am- a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. And we've been kind of, uh, you know, not not having all that many business calls. So we haven't talked all that much in general. I was just thinking, Sarah, when was the last time we saw each other in person? I mean, was it like it was Hilton uh, Head, right? It was February? Hilton Head. It was right before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right before the pandemic. Yes. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been <laughs> a couple hot minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and the big news around these parts is my kids are finally back at school and after school activities are happening. Um, Daphne, my 16 year old junior in high school is on the co-ed soccer team and it's a club sport and it's a really big thing. Do they have, I, mean, I know your girls are not yet in high school, but do you know if there's like co-ed rec leagues in there in Denver? Well, it's a good question. I don't know if there are in high school. I mean, certainly where we live in Wash Park, it is full of like volleyball teams all the time (laughs) at night and on the weekends. But I imagine that's, you know, older college and post-college kids. So no, but I'm very intrigued by this. Um, I think it's such a great idea to mix the genders and then, you know, just, just get them to meet different people. I think that's brilliant. And also because it, um, you know, there's all the studies that show that a vast majority of girls lose interest in playing sports after a certain age, pretty much after they hit puberty. And so, I mean, whatever gets them back to sports and maybe, maybe it's a love of soccer. Maybe it's looking for a boyfriend. I'm just saying, well, that was my next question. What do you think that impetus is for it? Is it because, I mean, I know she's oh, a soccer player and she likes it, but Maybe there's a cute. Oh, it's boyfriend. It's boyfriend. It's <laughs> looking for a boy. I mean, that is her mission this year. Her Aww. stated, her stated mission. Her stated it's good to mission. set goals at the beginning yeah. of school year. I think everyone should. <laughs> and so, um, I think I told you already that she informed me the day before school that uh, um, kids don't date kids at their own high school a lot of the time because then, mom, it's awkward then when they break up. 
So it's, I'm like, uh, you have Fair. 1600 kids at your high, <laughs> high school. <laughs> there were 120 maybe in my graduating class. So that was awkward. Like when things went, you know, sour between a, a couple and then you run into them in the hallway, you run into them at everything, but 1600 kids, I feel yeah. like you could get a little lost there. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, so she had her, so whatever her impetus is, she's you know practicing twice a week and she had her first game on Saturday. And oh my gosh, it was so nice to be back out on the soccer pitch on Aww. the sidelines. And so, and she had an assist on the very first goal that the team made. So way to go, Daphne. That's yeah. amazing. That must, yeah. you know, it's such a good confidence boost too, right? Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What so, do the uniforms look like? I mean, how do they do that with co-ed? Is it just a t-shirt? Uh, yes. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just a jersey and okay. you know, black shorts or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, that was really fun. So now we have. I think we have a game every Saturday. We, as if I'm playing. Um. I get to spectate a game every Saturday. So I'm just really excited. So, it is. And is it a lot of parents that come? Um, no. Oh, very not. No, not like okay. back in the olden times. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Particularly because you know a lot of these kids can drive themselves there. Sure. So you know, mom and dad are doing something. You know, yeah. Or parents are doing something. So yeah, yeah. So, so you've got something. Not am I right? Not this weekend, but the following weekend. I do. I have a little something. I am running the Chicago Half Marathon, which Woo-hoo. I'm really <laughs> excited about. Yes. Um. You know, as I think. As I, I know, you know, and a lot of other people on the show know, I used to live in Chicago, my yeah. formative years in my twenties there. Um, so much fun. And so my niece who she just moved there and she started PT school out there. And so, mm-hmm. and she is a runner. I, she's an athlete. She's a huge soccer player actually. And, um, she definitely runs, but hasn't done any distance. And we were talking this summer and she's like, I really want to run a half marathon. And I was like, oh, I've got a great idea. How about we find one in Chicago and I'll come out and run it with you. So it is definitely a race, um, that I'm running with her and then her brother and my nephew, Jack, the three of us are running together. Neither one of them have run a uh, half marathon before oh, uh-huh. their longest distance is a 10 K. Okay. However, they're also 20 and 21 and 25. So they're going <laughs> to kick my booty. But right, right. the point of this race is really, and then my brother and my sister-in-law are coming out too. So it's really kind of a fun wow. reunion for all of us to, to hang out and, and see where she lives. And, and yeah, I mean, it's just exciting that we get to do a race, um, in person. So it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. And my training has been going well. I mean, it's good, you know, it's like, uh, not that we want to talk about the weather, but it's been a very hot summer in Denver. I mean, it always is, but I don't know. It just seems like it's a little bit hotter than normal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. just adjusting my, my times when I do my runs and earlier in the morning than I typically go, but yeah, I'm getting it done. So. And you, and you discovered the delight of goo liquid energy. It, I, honestly, that saved me. I ran because no. I didn't, I didn't use the goo liquid energy on my first longer runs, like, you know, longer than 10 mile runs, but I did it this weekend and it was amazing. I mean, first I, I just love how easy it is to swallow, you know, yeah. um, that in yeah. the taste was delicious. You picked out a mm-hmm. very good flavor for me. So That's I appreciate stra- that strawberry banana. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. But I, what I do need is a different freaking, um, hip pack because mm. it bounced and jiggled the whole time. Ugh. So the you, worst, it, it really is the worst, like for you to, to be out there for a couple of hours and running, um, with this thing, just moving up and down the whole time is annoying. So I, I'm in the market for a, for a new one for sure. All right. And I have to ask, which one of our tank tops are you going to sport in the race? 
Well, um, that's a great question. I think I'm going to do my love one because I love the love tank. You know, I love the heart. Yeah. So good. It is. I just talked to the printers this morning. And so we uh, conferred about what the color of the back tag will be. Yeah. So they, they are, I think, going to be on the printing press today as we speak. Perfect. So, so it'll yeah. get here just in time yes. for me to fly out next Saturday. I was going to say, I think you might know someone in the shipping department who can, <laughs> who can pull one and send it to you. <laughs> I have shop gal's number, so I'll just yeah. give her a call. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, very exciting. And so that's on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes. A week from Sunday. Okay. All right. A week from Sunday. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. So, well, because of that, that is one of the many reasons you're the perfect co-host for this episode, because it is how to stand on a starting line again. And we're talking about the mental piece of it, because it, as we alluded to earlier, it's been so long for, really a lot of, for a lot of people, it's getting into that mindset. So our guest is Meg Waldron, who is a mental performance coach based in Philadelphia, Meg has an MS in sports psychology and 20 plus years experience coaching and competing. Meg was a standout runner herself, having trained for the Olympic trials. And how's this for bragging rights? Meg was the winner of the fifth Avenue mile open division at age, which is a huge race in New York city. It's right down fifth Avenue. Um, It just happened a couple days ago. Oh, look at you knowing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was the winner of that open division at age 17 in a smoking, smoking fast time of four forty four. Um, that seems a very lucky, auspicious number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie and I will be joined by Meg after this brief break. Stay tuned. Here in Portland, I'm still dressing for runs like it's summertime. Shorts and a tank top, sometimes even stripping down to my sports bra when I overheat. So my legs and armpits are very much on display. Call me conventional, so I opt for hair free in those areas. Thanks to our longtime friends at Flamingo, I now have more options than ever. Flamingo is a body care brand that offers a full range of quality, affordable hair removal products, like their award-winning razor and easy-to-use wax kits. New to their site is a fun quiz asking you a few short questions about your hair removal. Take it at shopflamingo.com AMR, then Flamingo suggests a custom routine just for you. Also new, a Flamingo subscription. Sign up and everything gets delivered right to your door automatically, including blade refills for less than $2 a cartridge. You can adjust your subscription as you go or cancel anytime, hassle-free. Thanks to the quiz, I got introduced to the magic of a body wax kit. I love a good before and after effect, so the quick flash of pain is worth the smooth results on my pits. And it is, indeed, minimizing irksome upper arm chafing. Thank you, Flamingo. Ready for a smooth shaver wax? Take the quiz at shopflamingo.com AMR to discover your custom hair removal routine and you'll save an extra 10% off your first order when you subscribe using code AMR at checkout. That's shopflamingo.com AMR, promo code AMR. Shopflamingo.com AMR with promo code AMR. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, hello, Meg. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
Meg, we'd love to hear a little bit about your athletic background, including um, why it sounds like you'd no longer run or race just to kick things off. Well, I started running at an early age. There was something in the United States called the running boom. And um, a lot of people were running back then. And I got swept up in it with a lot of young people. So they say you only have like a certain window of time to get all your miles in. And I think I used up that window. (laughs) (laughs) And what is your professional background? Tell tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I have my master's in sports psychology. And okay. um, I, uh, before that I was a school teacher and um, have been a running coach for years. So I kind of get the whole expanse from youth to adult in, in life experience and athletic experience. Mm-hmm. How did you make the transition from teacher to going to get your sports psychology degree? That's a, that's a big, that's a great leap. Awesome. It is. Yeah. Well, you know, as you can imagine, teaching is um, pretty physically and emotionally demanding. And mm-hmm. I wanted to shift I thought I'm shifting into my wisdom years, might as well use it. And it just <laughs> has become a, a total natural fit. So I still nice. keep my hands in working with kids. I run a youth empowerment running program um, that starts with second graders. Um, but I okay. also, Aww. yeah, I know, right? And so I, so I still get my kid fix on and I get to work with people around the country and of all different ages and sports. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So before we talk race day, let's let's roll it back a little and let's address some concerns folks in training might have. For a lot of women, it's been going on two years of not being in a race. So what can they do today or this week on training runs that can help prep them for race day? Well, you know, definitely having a plan is really important. Some sort of schedule that you're following so that you don't have to be thinking every day, what am I going to run? Um, Mm -hmm. I also like when, you know, because people haven't been racing, uh, make sure that um, plan includes pace work. I would say in my life experience around running, the biggest mistake runners make from the most elite runner to the newest runner is that of pace. So throwing into your training intervals that include the pace that you want to be racing at so that that kind of gets ingrained into your, into your whole being. And how about psychologically though, if they come back from a, you know, run that felt really challenging or that, you know, they just were really drained on it and they just think, Oh, I'm not going to be ready on race day. What if I feel this way on race day? Like, I think we can talk ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. onto the, onto the ledge. Well, you know, I always, you know, everybody has those doubts, you know, that's part of human nature. We're not robots. So I often just say, (laughs) If you're, if you know yourself well, and you do that, even just acknowledging, oh, that's that thing that I do when I'm doubting myself, sort of takes the oxygen and the power away from that thought. There's another thing I often suggest athletes do is just say, oh, there's that thought, I'm going to dial it down. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. they learn to just sort of dial it down and uh, regain their focus on you know, what they're doing and what their goals are. So just having a couple of little mental tools like that can be really helpful. Okay. And how do you set realistic expectations for yourself after so long of not racing? For example, I, I raced 
in uh, February of 2019, and it was a half marathon. I'm running a half marathon in, in a week and a half. And, you know, my last half marathon was pretty good, but it's been so long since I've raced. Um, it's just kind of hard to gauge what kind of realistic expectations I can, I can prepare myself for. So how do you do that? I mean, usually through, um, your training should give you information. Mm -hmm. So if in your training, you are doing things like intervals at certain paces, or you're following Mm -hmm. a schedule that should kind of help you predict what you should be able to run. So having something like that is really useful. I mean, in terms of setting a number for yourself, so that your numbers in training can certainly tell you something, but then there's that, the whole unknown factor of what a race can do for you. Um, how can people remember what that might be? Like, like, are, should they be thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I, I trained so I could run a, a 2.30 half marathon, but boy, I'm going to be so excited. I bet I can run a 2.10. And then I worry that they're going to be, you know, then disappointed when they run a 228 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You definitely always want to set your goals so that they're attainable, realistic, uh, you know, and based on factual information or data from your training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one way to help manage that from like a sports psychology point of view, that has been an incredibly powerful tool for my clients is visualization. So not Mm -hmm. only are they chunking the race down, for example, a marathon, you might want to break that down into parts like 5, 10, 15, 20, and then the last five, and then the last mile, which can, of course, feel like another five miles. But (laughs) yes, but like, so you visualized the race, Mm -hmm. you draw from past experience. And when you visualize, uh, you do things like, what do I see? Right. So you're bringing yourself into a real time experience. So you say, I'm on the starting line. The gun goes off. You know, what do I see? I see the colors of different outfits around me. I see um, banners. I see uh, people on the sides cheering. Um, I see the person in front of me. I see the sky. You know, what do I hear? I hear cheers. I hear shouts. I hear announcements from a megaphone. I hear footsteps. What do I feel? Mm. I feel my breath coming out of my body. So you're actually in your, your brain starts to think you're actually running. And when I do this with clients, they can actually feel their heartbeat picking up. And so then you do that. And now you're, when you do arrive at the real race, it's familiar. You're like, oh, I've been here before. So you just kind of collapsed the last two years by giving yourself this little imagination experience before race day. And then when you're in the race, like you that. can, yeah, and you can pick, you know, focus words for each chunk of the race. So for the first five miles, my focus word or my power phrase is going to be, you know, keep it steady. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Don't go out too fast. Which right. Is my Don't go out too time. fast. Mm-hmm. Relax, you know, ease into it. Super fluid, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. And that is your shortcut to the experience you had in the visualization. So If you were to do your visualization, that might take you 10 to 20 minutes resting in your home, sitting and breathing and going through your visualization. But if you come Mm -hmm. up with these words, these power phrases, then that's your shortcut to the feeling you had when you visualized. It helps keep you on track. I like that. 
Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm also intrigued that you say I'm, I'm definitely all about chunking up a race. I've never heard anyone though suggest that they chunk out specifically the final mile of a marathon. <laughs> and I, when you say it, I'm suddenly like, well, that's genius because mm-hmm. my gosh, that, you know, I could, I could draw you a picture of some of my final <laughs> miles in a marathon. I spent so much time in them, you know? So, so, I mean, what type of going back to your, I like your, um, focus words or power phrases. I mean, what might be something, I mean, stay strong, lean into it. Yeah. So, um, keep going. Uh. I had a client one time call me, it was the night before, um, cross country nationals for the club teams. And he was really freaking out. Uh, actually this was all done by text, you know, because he was in his twenties. So why actually have a conversation? Uh Right. (laughs) And, um, he, we, the course was four big loops. So I had him go through a visual, the visualization, which he knew how to do on his own, and then come up with a word for each section of the race or however he decided he wanted to break it down. And in the, um, in the middle of the race, for example, he picked the word Pac-Man. So you think of the video <laughs> game, wah, 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 right? So he's just yeah. picking off runners in front of him. And then at the end of the race, he picked hammer time. And that's what, that was like go time. <laughs> Um, I love uh, that. Somebody I work with just raced um, in the Fifth Avenue mile and her word was her phrase at the end was mine, 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 because she just wanted that finish line. And since she's Mm -hmm. been using that phrase, she has not backed off of any challenge or any workout. So that's how powerful that is. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. And when you, you know, the other thing too, is when you do the visualization, because that's so personal to each person, you know, right? Hearing and sound and, and visualizing experience. So the person in the experience of doing the visualization will most likely come up with the words that suit them. Once they've mm-hmm. quieted their mind and then they're like, oh, that's my power phrase. Okay. And it sounds like your advice would be, as long as it speaks to you, don't worry about it. If other people might deem it silly, exactly, like, right. like Pac-Man. Right. Or something like it's that. very personal. So, so yeah. 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 You don't have to share with anyone. Right. right. It can even be a secret. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> secret weapon. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. So, so Meg, what do you say to all the introverts listening who've gotten used to running solo and how can they prep to be around a lot of other runners, not so much from a COVID perspective, but just the idea of being seen and heard by other runners, because I feel a lot of us have been running under this almost cloak of invisibility, you know, invisibility, because we just haven't been in crowds or in group runs or anything. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I have a number of friends who like during the pandemic were like, what, stay in my house and read books all day. Thank you. You know, (laughs) Yay! I've been waiting for this my whole life. (laughs) That would be my daughter's dream come true. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I think number one, if that's you honor it, Mm. if you are quiet, if you're, if you kind of get overwhelmed by a lot of stimulation, if you need to dip your toe back slowly into the waters, honor that, own it. That's Mm -hmm. you. And uh, the other thing is like, Um, You know, the visualization, once again, like visualize yourself in a race where you might be around a lot of people. And for the last couple of years, people have also posed a health threat, right? So we're Mm -hmm. in like a hypervigilant state 
and a feeling mm -hmm. sometimes that might linger like a residue that people are a threat to us, to our physical health, right? Mm -hmm. So visualizing, you know, the race, the whole experience, what is right for you and preparing yourself ahead of time. You would never go out and do a play without learning your lines first. Mm -hmm. So the same thing is you rehearse that race in your mind so that there's a familiarity when you toe the line. And then the other thing I would say is like, you know, if you want to try wearing headphones and you've never done that before, I would encourage you to. It's a great way to kind of block out the world. It's sort of like your invisibility cloak in a race mm -hmm. and, and kind of maintain your center. Mm -hmm. The age old question that far predates the pandemic ways to minimize race day jitters during the taper and the night before the race. It's just, it's no matter how many races you've run in your life, you, this still happens to you. So what are some tips and tricks that we can use to, to really minimize those? Yeah. Well, so also in the spirit of like easing back into it, um, one way is to say, not go run like Chicago Marathon your first race back, you know, yes. maybe do a local 5K, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. a 10K. And then that way you're just being gentle with yourself. Sure. And then the other thing is, um, you know, go in with, this is where like self-talk also is important in expanding on that idea of having some phrases instead of like, uh, this is going to be really hard, or I'm not sure I can do this, but say, I'm just scratching the surface of, you know, who I can be as a runner in this new era, or this is going to take some time and effort, or let's just mm. see what I can do today. So going mm. into the race with that kind of mindset of curiosity um, and being a learner, right? There's my teaching background, being a lifelong learner, helps you mm -hmm. as an athlete continue to develop. So you mm. continue to keep an open mind, you continue to develop, and then you can broaden and build on your experiences to feel more comfortable with each race you take on. Yeah. It's interesting. People always say that, you know, a lot of people, particularly who were you know, trying to qualify for Boston, that, that sure there's people who do it the first time out of the gate, but that with each race that they don't do it, they're like, okay, I can take experiences from that. I can learn something that then I can put that in my pocket and pull it out at the next time I try it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, there's also, you know, leading up to the race, there's no end to the amount of content you can be streaming to distract yourself in the week <laughs> leading up, you know, and then also when, when we have committed to running race, sometimes that has taken up a lot of our time that we might've um, done enjoying things, other things that we like to do. So, you know, make, this is a great time leading up to a race to like make time for friends that you haven't been able to do to spend time with, um, mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, do things that you enjoy mm -hmm. as a distraction, as a good, healthy distraction from hyper-focusing on the upcoming race. Mm -hmm. Right. All those things on your to-do to -do list, you haven't even putting, you know, far, far down while you're training. Um, so tackle some of those right now. And I have a funny story too, or fun story. Um, I'm making a documentary about um, women's distance running in the United States, starting with like my story as the seed. Mm -hmm. And one of the people we recently interviewed was Molly Huddle. She's a two-time Olympian. Yeah, sure. awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. And do you know what she does the night before every race? No. She paints her nails. Oh. Yeah, so it's like a theme. I like that. Sometimes yeah. it's a theme that has to do with where she's racing. Okay. Right. So nice. just little things like that are really, really 
it it makes it more than just about running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so how can people boost their self-confidence on race day? I mean, I've gotten so woefully out of practice for amping up my race day swagger. I just think I'm going to show up at a race and like hide in my car or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, remind yourself that there's probably about a hundred other people who want to hide in their car with you. So Uh you're not alone, right? Sometimes that, that feels good. Um, but also, uh, just so drawing on past experience and not, I'm not necessarily saying drawing on past results Mm because those might look different this time. This is like a new normal, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. so drawing on past experience and saying, all right, what are my strengths? Getting really clear on that. Like, okay, my strength is that I, I know how to pace myself or my strength is that, um, if I feel a cramp coming on, I know to walk and breathe it out and I don't give up. So focusing Mm -hmm. on your, uh, you know, your strengths. Um, I'm good at looking at the person in front of me and closing the gap, you know, Mm -hmm. and using that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. also, you know, what are your, um, what other, um, you know, what other reasons you have for being there? Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes people go and they say, oh my gosh, this is going to be too hard. Mm -hmm. But it's so important to reconnect with why you run. Mm. remind Mm. yourself, because when I finish, I'm so glad. I feel Mm -hmm. better about my body. I feel better about my mind. I've hung out with friends. I have something to talk about at the dinner table tonight. You know, like (laughs) reminding yourself that it's, it's not just about this time or this performance, removing that from, you know, taking that off your plate and reminding you of your why of running. And then getting a cute new outfit never hurts. <laughs> I'm with you on that, Coach Meg. I always think that a cute new outfit helps in any situation. <laughs> That's why I'm excited to wear my love run tank. Ooh, I can't yes. wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing on with the topic a little bit, how do you keep enthusiasm and energy high if there are far fewer spectators than you're accustomed to in the before times? I mean, last time I was in Chicago, I ran the marathon in the, one of the beauties of that marathon and a lot of big city marathons is that it just is covered with people. There's not, there's maybe a few blocks where there are not spectators, but it just, as we all know, it helps you get through the race. Um, so this is a half. So it's a little different, uh, in the sense that it's not as big of a race in Chicago, but also because of COVID there's obviously not going to be as many people out on the course. So how do you kind of wrap your head around the fact that you may not have the boost from the spectators that you usually are um, expecting? Well, you know, a lot of that is actually practiced in your training leading up because for Mm -hmm. example, the classic three hour run before a marathon, you know, sometimes it's just alone or with a couple of people and you Mm got to get through it. So Mm -hmm. that a lot of that can be practiced ahead of time. Some things that I've done in the past, um, I trained for Olympic trials marathon back in the day. And a lot of my runs were solo and I would do things like, all right, I'm going to count the next 50 steps. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to relax all the muscles in the back of my body. So I just start shifting awareness Mm -hmm. or I'll say, I'm going to pick up the pace a smidge to that next landmark. So you start kind of playing games to keep yourself engaged and keep yourself feeling like you're still in control. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. another one too is, you know, um, having a, you know, that soundtrack that really keeps you amped. If that works for you, having, 
uh, music, you know, earbuds and having that soundtrack that really gets you going. Um, so just yeah. playing some games like that. Those are great tips. I mean, just anything to kind of keep your mind off of what is actually happening in the moment. Um, yeah. in, in my personal experience, I think that's what helps me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, with these GPS watches nowadays, like they can show you your pace per mile. Mm -hmm. And so you can play around with that. You know, you can keep an eye on that if it helps you. And that's right. I say that because you want to practice all these things in your training mm -hmm. before you get to the race to make sure they're going to be for, to your benefit. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Meg, how do you change your goals mid-race if you're either doing better or doing worse than you anticipated? You know, so kind of having that, having your maybe A, B, and C goals, but being flexible in the race itself to, to change that up. I'm actually super glad you asked that, Sarah. Um, you know, so many people think that goals have to be written in stone or, mm -hmm. or pen. And I say write your goals in pencil, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, we're not robots, we're humans and things change. You know, we have, I, I always say strategies are the things that you plan before you race and the tactics are how you respond to what happens in the race, mm. right? So you might have a strategy to set a personal record in a 5K or a 10K, but then it's like super windy, which is like the enemy of runners, right? Mm -hmm. So then you have to erase that goal and, and adjust. And so if you're in a race and you're not performing as well as you hoped you would, that's mm -hmm. where you bring in your knowledge and your experience to say, all right, how can I adjust this? Because the heart knows it's working 100%. Whether you set a personal record or you have an off day, the, the heart is still working 100%. It's going to feel like 100% effort. Mm -hmm. So, you know, recognize that it's really about your effort and not get so fixed on those results at the end. And, okay. you know, look for, you know, what I say to my athletes, I say, here's your three post-workout or post-race questions. This mm -hmm. is how you assess and learn from experience. Okay. You say, number one, you say, what did go well? All right. So I didn't have a great race or it was windy or I got a cramp or my calf was bothering me. What did go well? Oh, all right. Well, I had all my gear. I really liked my new outfit. Um, I had a good start and I had good training leading up. So I know I still know I'm in good shape because yeah. I didn't race hard. Maybe there's another race I can jump into in a couple of weeks. Right. Okay. So it becomes a win-win. So you ask yourself, what did go well? Mm -hmm. You ask yourself, what did I learn? Right. Oh, I need to hydrate more the day before. Um, and then third question is, what do I want to change for next time? Oh, I think mm -hmm. I want to go out slower or I want to uh, train a little bit longer. I think that race came up too soon in my schedule. I realize now I need a couple more weeks of training. Okay. And now it's a win-win. Now you're developing as an athlete. And the thing that you love to do that brings you joy running is not also being used as the thing to tear you down. Oh, that's so important. important. To keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think particularly in, in these days, there can sometimes be so little that's giving us joy or giving us a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment and, and running can be those things, but not when you kind of let it turn and um, let it be a negative in your life instead. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so, all right, going back to the, maybe not the final mile, but the final miles, um, do you have some tips coach Meg for, for digging deep in those final miles, whether it's to keep pushing toward a time goal or not sit down on the curb and wait for the sag wagon and, you know, everything in between. You know, I, I like, I go back to that idea of having that mantra, having the power word that keeps you focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the idea also of connecting to your bigger why, you know, why mm-hmm. you're doing this, how mm-hmm. you feel when you've done well. And then also like, maybe you, maybe you're doing this for, um, to bring awareness to a cause or to raise money. So, mm-hmm. keep, you know, if that, those kind of motivators work for you, seek them out. Um, and use them to your benefit, particularly in that last mile. Uh, using the Pac-Man, you know, thing like <laughs> gobbling people up or mine, 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 like that time, that personal record is mine. Really, really important. And rehearsing it ahead of time, of course. Sure. And, you know, kind of um, elaborating a little bit more, but how to go easy on yourself and take away important lessons if your race doesn't go as you'd hoped. I, I would imagine it's more so just the takeaways, right? And what you can learn from it. Yeah. So using those three questions, mm-hmm. but also I say, you know, give yourself like, I call it like the 24 hour rule okay, or 48 or 72, if you need more time to feel disappointed and sad. Mm-hmm. So actually feel all the feels, you know, give yourself time to for the next 24 hours or the next three days to just kind of be mm-hmm. bummed out about the race. Okay. And that's okay. That's part of self-care. Then, um, you know, do the things you love and enjoy that are your fuel. It's not just running. Running isn't, sometimes running takes water out of the well instead of adding water to the well. But there mm-hmm. are other things like reading a book, going to a movie, hanging out with your best friend, having a glass of wine. So do the things that refill the well. And then also, um, you know, have some, have some distractions. Give yourself a day to lie on the sofa and watch, you know, Grace and Frankie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny show. Love it. So, and, and if they have post-race blues just because, you know, here's, they've been, they've had this nice shiny thing to be looking forward to. And now it's over. Yeah. So, um, I mean, how soon do you suggest to your athletes that they start planning their next race or setting their next goal for themselves? I mean, what's realistic in terms of a time frame for giving that and then how to go about doing it? I'm super glad you asked that question as well, <laughs> because um, the, the part of people's training that they most often forget is their post-competition period. Mm-hmm. Mm which I call the transition period. So you have like prep, you have competing. People forget about the transition. So you're transitioning to the next phase of your training or the next Mm -hmm. step, whatever that is. So having something in place, like a plan A and a plan B, plan A if your race goes well, plan B if your race doesn't go well, that you get to follow and you don't have to think, oh, I'm so wiped out, tired, disappointed, sad. I don't want to have to think about what I have to run. You'd look at your schedule and it says, oh, wow. It says go for an easy three-mile jog on grass today. I can do that. Mm. Um, Also then, you know, having something to look forward to. So in that plan B, if your race doesn't go well, you can say, oh, wow, there's this other race coming up in uh, three weeks. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to try that out. And of course, that'll be different depending on the length of the race you just did. So for a marathon, 
you might want six weeks or more. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just having that other thing to look forward to. So you can, that I, I often call it shining the flashlight. So shining the flashlight back on something that you can look forward to, some goals that fill the well again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So nice. many good nuggets of information that I'm, <laughs> yeah. that I wrote down. During this. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Meg. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I really appreciate this conversation and the opportunity to share with everyone. I mean, the reason why I do what I do now in the world is to offer the support that wasn't there for me when I was a runner. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, um, feels really satisfying. And doing this podcast is, is, a nice part of that. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. All right, Katie, you got your, got your notes. You got your takeaways for yes. Chicago. Away I from really Sunday. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> good. Yes. Yes. Good deal. All right. Well, our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from sounds like pictures, many happy miles. Mm-hmm.